0: Chapter Seven of Pioneers of the Old South by Mary Johnston. This recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seven: Young Virginia. The choice of Sir Edwin Sandys as treasurer of the Virginia Company in sixteen nineteen marks a turning point in the history of both company and colony. At a moment when James I was aiming at absolute monarchy and was menacing parliament sandys and his party the liberals of the day turned the sessions of the company into a parliament where momentous questions of state and colonial policy were freely debated the liberal spirit of sandys cast a beam of light too across the atlantic when governor yardley stepped ashore at jamestown in mid-april he brought with him as the first fruits of the new regime no less a boon than the grant of a representative assembly there were to be in virginia subject to the company subject in its turn to the crown two supreme councils one of which was to consist of the governor and his councillors chosen by the company in england the other was to be elected by the colonists two representatives or burgesses from each distinct settlement council and house of burgesses were to constitute the upper and lower houses of the general assembly the whole had power to legislate upon virginian affairs within the bounds of the colony but the governor in virginia and the company in england must approve its acts a mighty hope in small was here hedged about with provisions curtailed and limited here nevertheless was an acorn out of which by natural growth and some mutation was to come popular government wide and deep the planting of this small seed of freedom here in sixteen nineteen upon the banks of the james in virginia is an event of prime importance on the thirtieth of july sixteen nineteen there was convened in the log church in jamestown the first true parliament or legislative assembly in america twenty-two burgesses sat hat on head in the body of the church with the governor and the council in the best seats master john Pory, the speaker faced the assembly clerk and sergeant-at-arms were at hand master buck the jamestown minister made the solemn opening prayer the political divisions of this virginia were cities plantations and hundreds the english population numbering now at least a thousand souls boroughs sending burgesses were james city charles city the city of henricus quicotan smith's hundred bleudier hundred martin's hundred martin brandon ward's plantation lawn's plantation and argall's gift this first assembly attended to indian questions agriculture and religion most notable is this year sixteen nineteen a year wrought of gold and iron john rolfe back in virginia though without his indian princess who now lies in english earth jots down and makes no comment upon what he has written about the last of august came in a dutchman of war that sold us twenty niggers no european state of that day fewer individuals disapproved of the african slave trade that dark continent made a general hunting ground england spain france the netherlands captured bought and sold slaves englishmen in virginia bought without qualm as englishmen in england bought without qualm the cargo of the dutch ship was a commonplace the only novelty was that it was the first shipload of africans brought to english america here by the same waters were the beginnings of popular government and the young upas-tree of slavery a contradiction in terms was set to resolve itself a riddle for unborn generations of americans presently there happened another importation virginia under the new management had strongly revived ships bringing colonists were coming in hamlets were building fields were being planted up and down were to be found churches a college at henricus was projected so that indian children might be taught and converted from heatheness yet was the population almost wholly a doublet and breeches wearing population the children for whom the school was building were indian children the men sailing to virginia dreamed of a few years there and gathered wealth and then returned to england apparently it was the new treasurer sir edwin sandys who first grasped the essential principle of successful colonization virginia must be home to those we send wife and children made home sandys gathered ninety women poor maidens and widows young handsome and chaste who were willing to emigrate and in virginia become wives of settlers they sailed their passage money was paid by the men of their choice they married and home life began in virginia in due course of time appeared fair-haired children blue or gray of eye with all england behind them yet native-born virginians from the cradle colonists in number sailed now from england most ranks of society and most professions were represented many brought education means independent position other honest men chiefly young men with little in the purse came over under indentures bound for a specified term of years to settlers of larger means these indentured men are numerous and when they have worked out their indebtedness they will take up land of their own an old suggestion of dales now for the first time bore fruit over the protest of the country party in the company there began to be sent each year out of the king's gaols a number though not at any time a large number of men under conviction for various crimes this practice continued or at intervals was resumed for years but its consequences were not so dire perhaps as we might imagine the penal laws were execrably brutal and in the drag-net of the law might be found many merely unfortunate many perhaps finer than the law virginia thus was founded and established An english people moved through her forests crossed in boats her shining waters trod the lanes of hamlets builded of wood but after english fashions climate surrounding nature differed from old england and these and circumstance would work for variation but the stock was middlesex surrey devon and all the other shires of england scotchmen came also welshmen and perhaps as early as this a few irish and there were de la war's handful of poles and germans and several french vine dressers political and economic life was taking form that huge luxurious thick-leafed yellow-flowered crop alike comforting and extravagant that tobacco that was in much to mould manners and customs and ways of looking at things was beginning to grow abundantly in sixteen twenty forty thousand pounds of tobacco went from virginia to england two years later went sixty thousand pounds the best sold at two shillings the pound the inferior for eighteen pence the virginians dropped all thought of sassafras and clabbert. tobacco only had any flavor of golconda at this time the rich soil composed of layer on layer of the decay of forests that had lived from old time was incredibly fertile as fast as trees could be felled and dragged away in went the tobacco fields must have laborers nor did these need to be especially intelligent bring in indentured men to work presently dream that ships english as well as dutch might oftener load in africa and sell in virginia to furnish the dark fields with dark workers in dale's time had begun the making over of land in fee simple in yardley's time every ancient colonist that is every man who had come to virginia before sixteen sixteen was given a goodly number of acres subject to a quit rent men of means and influence obtained great holdings ownership rental sale and purchase of the land began in virginia much as in older times it had begun in england only here in america where it seemed that the land could never be exhausted individual holdings were often of great acreage thus arose the virginia planter in yardsley's time john barclay established at falling creek the first iron works ever set up in english america there were by this time in virginia glass works a windmill iron works to till the soil remained the chief industry but the tobacco culture grew until it overshadowed the maize and wheat the peas and beans there were cattle and swine not a few horses poultry pigeons and peacocks in sixteen twenty one Yardley, desiring to be relieved was succeeded by sir francis wyatt in october the new governor came from england in the george and with him a goodly company among others is found george sandys brother of sir edwin this gentleman and scholar beneath virginia skies and with virginia trees and blossoms about him translated the metamorphoses of ovid and the first book of the aeneid both of which were published in london in sixteen twenty six he stands as the first purely literary man of the english new world but vigorous enough literature though the writers thereof regarded it as information only had from the first years emanated from virginia smith's true relation george percy's discourse strachey's true repertory of the rack and redemption of sir thomas gates and his history of travail into virginia britannia haymore's true discourse Whitaker's good news other letters and reports had already flowered all with something of the strength and fragrance of elizabethan and early jacobean work for some years there had seemed peace with the indians doubtless members of the one race may have marauded and members of the other showed themselves high-handed impatient and unjust but the majority on each side appeared to have settled into a kind of amity indians came singly or in parties from their villages to the white men's settlements where they traded corn and venison and what not for the magic things the white man owned a number had obtained the white man's firearms unwisely sold or given the red seemed reconciled to the white's presence in the land the indian village and the indian tribal economy rested beside the english settlement church and laws doubtless a fragment of the population of england and a fragment of the english in virginia saw in a pearly dream the red man baptized clothed become christian and english at the least it seemed that friendliness and peace might continue in the spring of sixteen twenty two a concerted indian attack and massacre fell like a bolt from the blue up and down the james and upon the chesapeake everywhere on the same day indians bursting from the dark forest that was so close behind every cluster of log-houses attacked the colonists three hundred and forty-seven english men women and children were slain but jamestown and the plantations in its neighborhood were warned in time the english rallied gathered force turned upon and beat back to the forest the indian who was now and for a long time to come their open foe there followed upon this horror not a day or a month but years of organized retaliation and systematic harrying in the end the great majority of the indians either fell or were pushed back toward the upper pamunkey the rappahannock the potomac and westward upon the great shelf or terrace of the earth that climbed to the fabled mountains and with this westward move there passed away that old vision of wholesale christianizing chapter seven